What's up everybody? So today's guest, she is an elite level athlete, an elite level person, and an amazing advocate for mental health and gratitude and what it means just to be a better person and doing things for things that are greater and causes that are greater than yourself. If everybody was like Nina, the world would probably be a substantially better place to live in. So without further ado, enjoy this episode with the amazing Nina Kutrin. Thank you. <laughs> in a minute? Yeah. Nina, I'm really, uh, first and foremost, welcome to the show. I'm really grateful you're able to kind of donate your time to me and the audience today. So I'm really stoked about it. I'm really excited that we're able to catch up. And yeah, welcome to the show. So thanks Thank for being you. here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Awesome. No worries. So take us through kind of your timeline from your decisions leaving post-secondary, your transition to kind of where we are now, and then we'll go all the way through it full circle. Okay. That's a whole big picture. Mm -hmm. um, in 2018, no, 2017, I was making like my decision of like where to go to college. Yeah. Um, considered schools in Canada, also considered schools in the U.S. Um, it would have been cool to go to a Canadian school, but they can't really offer much as far as like athletic scholarships and stuff. So I decided I wanted to go to the U.S. So yeah. I took a few recruiting trips, um, went to University of Iowa, University of South Carolina, and Florida State University, and nice. fell in love with FSU when I went there. Yeah. yeah. So freaking loved it. So committed there, finished up my last year of high school, and then, yeah, started swimming at Florida State in 2018. Yeah. So I'm there for four years. Um, Four-ish years. So my third year, I took a redshirt year for yeah. Olympic trials, because I wanted to stay back and train for that. Yeah. So yeah, I took a redshirt year that year, but yeah, I finished in four years, and then I just committed to University of Florida this nice. year. So, what was it that sold you on FSU? I think, well, for one, the weather. Like, I feel like placing yourself in an environment yeah. where you can see yourself being happy and, like, actually wanting to live, like, yeah. that's crucial, right? Like, where you can just feel yourself being happy. So, like, campus was gorgeous, weather was amazing. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, I could definitely see myself living here for four years. Um, yeah. And also, like, the team was just, like, a really big family. Like, I think out of all the schools, like, the trips that I took and stuff, like, they were just, like, really close, the team. Mm -hmm. um, and they had, like, a really good team chemistry, and I really got along with the coaches. Um, and, like, at the end of the day, I feel like it's, like making the decisions like where can I see myself flourishing the most for four years yeah. and it just like I pictured myself committing to Iowa and then I pictured myself committing to South Carolina and I was like it just did not feel right like so I could really just see myself at FSU so that's kind of how I made the decision. I guess I would play a big role. Did um what's the difference like take me through the application process to for people who don't know and I'm a little fuzzy on the details but applying to a post-secondary school in the States versus here? Yeah, so you have to take an SAT, which is basically yeah. just like a big, like, standardized test, like, okay. similar to, like, a... I don't even know what it what a similar test would be for, like, in Canada. Maybe, like, a GMAT or something, like, they, okay. like a GRE, like, what do you take for grad school? Yeah. But it's, like, in high school, so you have to take an SAT. Um, yeah, and then just send in your grades, and you pretty much get into the school on your own, but then, like, the swimming provides like the scholarship for school oh, so for if you're an athlete the way it works for swimming is like you can enter yourself in this thing called college swimming like when you're in high school so the coaches can see that you're interested in going to the u.s yeah and then from there they can reach out to you or you can reach out to them so i actually reached out to fsu first oh, no they were like one of the last schools i started talking to honestly when i started talking to them it was like july which is pretty late for the recruiting process mm -hmm. but i was like i just want to take a free trip to florida like recruiting trip i just thought it'd be fun to go and see like i didn't think i was actually gonna end up like yeah. going there but yeah, like the scholarship they offered me was really good, and then I fell in love with it, and I went, and yeah, that's kind of how it all shook out. Jeez, now I'm curious. In that process, does 
like, does the program play effect? Because I know, like, into making that decision, because I know for me, leaving high school, my whole vision was, I want to live in Ottawa, right? I don't really, I guess it must have, I mean, it was obviously different for you, being, like, sports-focused, but... Was it, it was just for the swimming, was the focus more so than it was the program? It was kind of that was on the back burner? Or did you want to find something that you were also, in my case, I was intrigued in like building construction, building design, and the science behind buildings and houses and stuff and how it all works. Was that kind of like a similar way where you're like, you know what, I'll pick something that looks cool? Or was it kind of just swimming focused, this is the one that would kind of suit best to what I'm doing? Yeah, I would say definitely more swimming focused because yeah. when I, I end up graduating with a degree in exercise physiology, but mm. I changed my degree. So when I went out of high school, I thought I wanted to be a bio major, um, and that's like a pretty like general degree. Yeah, I was you know, like say. you're like what you went to school for. That's pretty like specific, yeah, right? Like specific. bio is like any school has that. Yeah. So I was like, I could go to any school and get a bio degree. So really, mm. when I made the decision, it was like for swimming because I could go get a degree in biology yeah. at any Canadian or American university. But I was like, I want to pick the place where I can really see myself flourishing in like swimming. Mm. Because, like, for what I wanted to do, I was like, oh, I'll have more school after. So I just wanted to, like, pick yeah. somewhere that I'd enjoy for swimming for my undergrad. And ended up not liking bio, so then I, like, changed. But Interesting. I find there's a lot of that that takes place. And I almost wish, like, there's something to be said about finishing something that you started. But then there's also, on the flip side, it's something that's, it's way, way better. That's, like, oh, I've committed to four years. Do I go, you know what, I don't like this, let's switch. Right, yeah. so it's cool that you're able to kind of make that, like, make that acknowledgement of your life and go, ooh, okay, let's shift a little bit, but still keep the swimming as a, like, focus for the yeah. forefront. Well, I'd say, I know in American universities, like, your first two years of school are pretty general. Like, I, like, my first year, I had to yeah. take a lot of, like, gen ed classes, so switching my major didn't really play that big of a difference into it, right. because it was just, like, general first classes, couple. so that's, like, the good thing. Interesting. But yeah, I just got into, like, I was looking at, like, the program map for, like, biology, and it was all, like, plant and, like, diversity classes, and I was like... Yeah that's not what I'm interested in. Whereas like exercise physiology is all about like the human body and like the degree that I got was like actually really useful for like my swimming and stuff. Oh, like, sick. Yeah, like You're kind of like, yeah, I guess it's all yeah, exercise, science and movement. It's all just, yeah, movement, kinetics and mm -hmm. kinesiology and stuff. Yeah. Interesting. So what I'm curious about too is in that time frame, were you kind of like in terms of swimming, when did you decide that you're like, I want to pursue this at an elite level? Like, when did you make that decision? Did you make it off well before you, like, graduated high school? Or was that just kind of made, like, well, well before? Yeah, I would say, I mean, when I was younger, like, I think when you're a kid, it's important to explore, like, all different passions. And yeah. I'm really lucky that, like, my parents never, like, forced swimming on me. It was right. never, like, Nina has to swim. It was, like, whatever I wanted to do, I could do. So my sister and I, we did, like you know, gymnastics, figure yeah. skating, all land sports that I'm not good at. And then I just like, land you know, found sports. swimming when I was like younger yeah. and I just really liked it. So that's kind of what I kept going with. And I was naturally better at it than other sports. So obviously that helps. Like, I think you like things more that you're like better at. Yeah. Or that you pick up quickly. Yeah. As well. No, exactly. So I was just better at it. So I liked it. And then I like, as I got into like early high school, I started like qualifying for nationals. And then I made my first Olympic trials team. Um, but then I had like some injuries and stuff like early in high school and then I wasn't really enjoying it as much and I picked yeah. up running a little bit, but I'd say by grade 11, um, I was getting invited to like junior team Canada camps and stuff like that. Nice. And I was just still really enjoying it. And I was like, okay, I think this is a point where I want to make swimming a focus for yeah. the next few years. Cause there's like a really small window in your life where you kind of get to pursue those kind of things. Yeah. So I'd say by grade 11, I was like, okay, I want to try and go division one and try and find somewhere where I can like pursue swimming to the like fullest potential, I guess. Interesting. Did you 
always see it being like an Olympic, like a vision of like, oh, I'm gonna make the Olympics. Like, is that the that's the end all be all of goals, or is there like some form of you or some part of you that wants to kind of like be like a beacon of this or like represent something greater than the sport? Yeah, well, I like, think like. I mean, I know for me, like, I know a lot of kids are like this, like, when you start doing sports when you're a kid, yeah. you're like, I'm going to go to the Olympics, you know, like, everyone thinks that that's a, and then, you know, I reached an age where I was like, oh my gosh, like, there's actually a chance yeah. that I could actually Good. do this, amazing. I actually could, and yeah. like, that's amazing, but I think in, like, my early years, like, especially, like, I experienced a lot of performance anxiety, like, in high school, yeah. and, like, my first few years of college, and I think that came from, like, putting all my identity <laughs> and all the pressure in swimming, yeah. and, like, I don't think, like, I think that comes from having really high expectations, but also putting all of your identity in the expectations. Right. So I would say that, like, my goals haven't changed. Like, I still want to try and make an Olympic team. Like, mm -hmm. I still want to try and make national teams. Like, those are definitely still Paris my goals. Paris 2024, like, baby. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and that hasn't Amazing. changed, but I think I've just, I've been able to change my focus yeah. over the course of my swimming career where it's like, you know, my identity isn't in the swimming it's in like right. so much more than that because yeah. through swimming i've gotten to meet like these amazing people from all across the country that i get to go visit and like you know i've gotten a degree and all these amazing experiences so i'd say like yeah that's always been a goal and it will continue to be a goal but mm. i don't necessarily put all of my identity in the sport amazing in the goals because i think that's how you get really like anxious about swimming and start hating it and i think enjoying it is like the biggest part oh it's almost a weird way of finding like balancing it right it's like if you don't put so much pressure and i've talked to many people at an elite level that say exactly this similar thing they look at it as if they put like you said all that pressure on this one thing it allows for the disappointment and you can't enjoy it as much like you're saying yeah. right? well, so the you thing fall is, out like, of love right and yeah. like pressure is a privilege like i think that's yeah. one thing that like i've been able to like shift as well it's like i used to look as pressure as like a bad thing like oh my gosh what if i choke what if i don't do this but it's like mm. Pressure is a privilege. Like you've worked hard enough to be able to feel that pressure, and yeah. I should feel privileged to get that. But you know, swimming is what I do. It's not who I am. So that's been like right. a big shift in like Amazing. my mindset over the last few years. Of like, you know, like my goals haven't changed, but they've. I guess the process behind my goals has. It's not like if I don't ever make a national team, I'm gonna hate myself and hate my swimming career. Like I'm still very happy with what I've done in swimming, right. but it's not who I am. It's just what I do, and I happen to love it. So that's really cool. Amazing. Yeah, yeah that's nice. That probably <laughs> yeah. helps. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I'd be doing it if I didn't love it. I see Makes too many sense. people that. Um, you know, don't enjoy sports and then for them not enjoying it, they bring other people around them down and that's never something mm. or someone that I want to be. So as long as yeah. I'm enjoying it, I'm going to keep shooting for the stars and nice. seeing where we end up. So I want to back up a little bit. So you mentioned the first couple of years of university was you took a lot of general courses. Now I know in my experience with my general courses, they were pretty almost silly for lack of a better word, they're kind of silly, the ones we had or the things we had to do in those classes. I'm curious, do you have one that stands out as like, I can't believe we're this is a class, or I can't believe we had to do this for a class? I mean, there's probably two that I can think of. The first is like American history, Okay. just because like I was an exercise science major. And I'm like, American history, A, I'm not American, B, this is not really yeah. what I want to study. But again, I mean, I'm living in a not different country, so it's good to learn the history. But at the same time, I was like, I could be taking some other class that would actually benefit what I want to do. Yeah. And the other one is history of music, which was like a general art elective yeah. I had to take. That could be cool. 
It wasn't. No? <laughs> and that's coming from someone who's like, I love music. Yeah, I was I like, play, don't you play me? Yeah, I play a bunch yeah. of instruments. Like, I love it, but it really wasn't cool. Like, oh, studying, no. like, the, the science behind, like, opera music and, like, how they compose and stuff. It was just, yeah, not my vibe. No. But, yeah, for some reason, you need all these general credits in the U.S. So, you know, I knocked those out and then actually enjoyed the second yeah. half of my degree. But It almost feels like a colossal waste of time. Oh, yeah. But, I'm like, I can't yeah. believe, like... Yeah, no, I was like, I can't believe money was spent on this course. <laughs> yeah, how is this okay? Yeah. Like, I think that, honestly, though, Nina, I think that might be the schools operating at it as a business. Because that's all they are, right? Schools are just big businesses. We've oh, just yeah. fallen into a trap where it's okay for everybody to participate. And I just think it's something that, looking back on, like, the time I had and hearing what you're saying, like, what? how is that okay? Yeah. Uh, you know, like, I, I had in a class called Achieving Success in the 21st Century. Oh, great. Her name was Debbie. She was the best. But everything about the class was silly. Like, it was so... It was not fun. We had to do one presentation that was kind of... We had to, It was a debate style. And then we had one that was... We were arguing, like, the, the ethics behind something. And then we were arguing against somebody else's. And I think my friend and I came up with this plan to do the same topic for every single presentation. It was like one a week. I got like, I was already okay at public speaking, but I got even better at it through this because it was just horrendous. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, this is ridiculous. And it was, we debated, we debated whether marijuana should be legal or not. And then we debated the ethics behind why it should be and then why it shouldn't be in another presentation the following week. And then I remember my buddy Nick like explaining thoroughly like the contents of THC and I was just what is happening I'm like I remember sitting in the I back of the class going, yeah I was like this is $400 for me to take this again I was like do we fail just out of pure don't want to go or do we I'm like no we should probably we end up do all doing well because I don't think you're I don't think they can fail you in those things well if it's all opinion based you can't really fail yeah yeah I guess it's if you're just in the good graces of a teacher, then it kind of seems to be okay. That's fair. Maybe. So, now, you're going into your fifth year, right? Mm -hmm. At now, you recently made a change, mm -hmm. right? And so this was very fascinating, because I, I like to do research about my guests, but not do research, right? So I like to wonder, I like to just ask and kind of go with the flow. Right. But at the same time with this specific thing, I was told to read it, and then I went against my judgment of doing that. And I want you to explain to us, so you were originally going to go for your fifth year, that's for your master's, eh? At University of California, right? Berkeley, yeah. Yeah, Berkeley. So you didn't. Now take us through the beginning of kind of when that decision went from you going to Berkeley to kind of like the first time you're introduced as this being an option for you to kind of, okay, why, why'd you make the decision? Cause I, I don't want to give any information. I want yeah. you to tell this cause I think it's very, very fascinating and I'm very, very intrigued by it. No, for sure. I'd say like the past year of my life has been like really exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, and also like really confusing and really stressful, but that's the beauty of life. Is yeah, that those cycles awesome. always repeat yeah, themselves, right? 
Yeah, but so last year I took a redshirt year to be able to train for Olympic trials just because of the quarantines and stuff. Right. Um, so I still did school throughout that year, but I was coming back to FSU. Like, so a year ago I'd be going back to FSU for what was my fourth year, but really it was my third year competing because I missed okay. out on a year competing. Right. Um, and at first I thought I might extend my undergrad and um, stay for a fifth year at FSU. Yeah. Um, but then, like, when I got back, I just started thinking about, you know, what I want to accomplish academically and both athletically and started to think that maybe FSU wasn't the place where I wanted to keep going my swimming career. And mm -hmm. that being said, I had the most amazing experience there. Like, um, the coaches were really, really great to me. I met some amazing, amazing people that will be, like, friends for life for me. Um, and awesome. my coach this past year's name was Steve Wood. He was, like, an yeah. unbelievable guy. We Shout had a really good Steve. relationship. Awesome. Yeah. Shout out to Steve. He was so awesome. Love Steve. Um... But there's just some things like, you know, I was like, you know, I think I, I want to get a master's degree. And I also think I want to swim somewhere where, you know, if I wanted to make a run for another Olympic team, they had a pro team going where yeah. at FSU right now, we don't have a pro team. It's just collegiate uh, kids. So I was like, yes. if I wanted to stay and do that for a pro year, it'd be kind of tough because I'd be the only one doing that. Mm -hmm. So last um, September, I spoke to my head coach and he was super understanding about the whole thing, which was really nice. And I was like, listen, I think um, academically, there's somewhere that's going to be a better fit for me as well as somewhere where I can find a pro team and mm -hmm. swim for um, mentioned like, you know, I'm obviously going to finish up my last year, graduate from here, super Amazing. thankful for that, but I want to yep. enter the portal to be able to explore options beyond that to just fulfill, um, my athletic and academic goals. And he were, they were super understanding. All my coaches were even like helpful in finding other places for me, which is really, really cool and really nice. Amazing. Um, cause a lot of people don't have those relationships with their coaches. So I was like super yeah. thankful for that. Um, so I entered the portal and off the bat, um, first school I started talking to was actually university of Florida because two of my best friends um, actually go there. So it was an easy kind of way in. Mm -hmm. um, and they had a master's degree that was super appealing to me, master's in kinesiology and human performance, kind of right up my alley in my undergrad. Yeah, I was okay. like, that's really yeah. cool. Um, and yeah, like the team is very accomplished, very successful. They have like, you yeah. know, Caleb Dressel, Katie Ledecky, like world record holders training there. So Amazing. I was like, oh, like that's a really good protein. Yeah. So I started talking to them and was definitely really interested. And then um, one of my old coaches who I swam for reached out um, wanting to pick my brain about where I wanted to swim and stuff. And he mentioned, well, you should email Terry McKeever at, mm -hmm. at Cal. And in my head, I'm going, Ooh, like, I don't know if I'm good enough to get enough money or like yeah. a scholarship at Cal. Cause Cal is like a historical, like really, really great program. So okay. is Florida, mind you. Right. Um, but I was just like, okay, let me just reach out and, um, have a phone call. And you know what, maybe if it just allows me to network with one of the most successful women coaches yeah. in history, like You'll that's really it. cool. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So I emailed one of the assistant coaches, spoke with her and then connected with Terry, the coach at Cal the next week. Um, and had a really, really great conversation with her. Like we connected really good off the bat. Amazing. She was like, we, awesome. we need a breaststroker. Like, I think I just got lucky. They really needed a breaststroker. Nice. I wanted someone to come in and fill the spot. Yeah. And I was like, all right. Um, and I just mess this up. Oh yeah, do what you want. Yeah, it's your 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 episode. You you do what you want. Um, you can yeah, take so, it out. You can do whatever. So she was like, uh, "Let's get you out on a trip." So I flew mm. to Berkeley um, in December, and I took a recruiting trip. I was there for literally a day, so flew across the country for like a day. But I got mm. to meet her. I got to meet the team, and I loved the campus. I loved Terry. We had a really good relationship, really great conversation. After that, I was like, okay, mm -hmm. I want to swim here. I didn't even know what master's programs were available, but I was like, I want to swim here. And the only one-year master's program they had was a master's in education. Now, I don't really care about getting a master's in education, but I was no. like, for the swimming piece, I think it's going to be worth it for me to go to Cal. 100%. Yeah, so in March, I finally made the decision, called the coaches at Florida, um, told them I was going to go to Cal. I was like... In which, March! Yeah, well, it took me a while right. to make the decision because yeah. I was balancing both schools, and I was also talking to other schools on top Recent. of that, like yeah, Virginia Tech, ago. a few other good schools I was talking to. Um, and it was hard for me to say no to UF because I did really like the school, but at yeah. the end of the day, I wanted to go to Cal for Terry, mm -hmm. um, and for the girls that were there yeah, and, and the program. 
yeah, in the program, they also have a history of, like, you know, excellence, like, five-time national title, and, Jeez. yeah, just really good swimming, and one of my best friends, Maggie McNeil, who was Olympic gold medalist last summer, Amazing, also yeah. committed there, so we had plans to live together, it was, like, this perfect, you know, you That's make this sick. perfect plan in your yeah. head, and then God laughs in your face. And he's like, That's yeah, basically. not quite. Yeah, and then so, um, <laughs> late May, this article was released, where a bunch of swimmers came forward, um, alleging verbal abuse, um, on account of the coach and stuff, which right. is really tough. I don't really want to get too much into that because right, I you wasn't. Don't have to. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't there for a lot of it, so right. I can't speak on it. I for can sure. speak for my relationship with Terry, which um, I had a really good relationship with her and mm -hmm. I really liked her, but I can't really speak for much of the things in the article. But right. so she was put on leave. There's an investigation, and then a bunch of the girls started entering the transfer portal, transferring out. Um, That's Maggie, stressful. Yeah, Maggie decommitted, no. and then you know I went to Europe for a month after that, and I was just pondering all this information. Yeah. Best way and to do it. Yeah, Best no, exactly. Yeah. But so at one point, like that was, I was so set on going to Cal and swimming with Maggie and Terry and mm -hmm. really ready for that change. It was going to be a big change, you know, moving out to the West Coast, but I was ready for that. But the more I thought about it, I was like, you know, academically that it's a great school, but it wasn't really like the master's education wasn't really a program yeah. that I wanted to do. I was more going to go there for the swimming and to get a really good degree from a good school. Right. But it just, it didn't feel right anymore. It didn't, in my gut, I just didn't have a good feeling about it. Um... So I, I texted one of the coaches who recruited me at UF, and we had a really good relationship, and I was lucky to have another phone call with her um, and see if the option to come was still available since I had already gotten into that program. Mm -hmm. And it just worked out that they still had a Amazing. spot for me. And, yeah, I just felt it in my gut. I was like, you know, I think for swimming, this is going to be a really good thing for me. And also, academically, it's a program that lines up with my goals beyond swimming. Like, yeah. Masters in Kinesiology is something that I'm actually passionate about. Amazing. Yeah, so, like, three weeks ago, I made the decision. It was a big one, but I was like, yeah. I'm changing my commitment. No and yeah. So basically, I made this whole grand plan. God laughed in my face, but I mean, everything happens for a reason. Yeah, and I like, think, nope. yeah, at the uh, end of the day, it's up to me to make the most of the experience, but I feel really good about it. So I'm going to Florida in the fall, back to Florida, but different Florida, yeah. and I'm really excited about it. Is it, um, where, like, where are the campuses based? Like, like where I was and where I'm going? Yeah. So Florida State University was in Tallahassee, which uh, is like North Florida. Yes, University yes. of Florida is in Gainesville. Gainesville. Yeah, yes, which is I like know that. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's not too bad. Mm -mm. That's sick. It's almost like you're in the same. Th oh, amazing. No, it's cool because oh, I'm cool. still close to a bunch of my friends that are still going to be at FSU, and I'm going to yeah. get to race them, which is going to be kind of weird. Yeah. Um, just because I raced for them for so long, now I'm going to race against them for yeah, like a rival school. Crab. Yeah, I was I was honestly a little bit worried about that when I committed, like, just because Florida State and F or UF are like big rivals, obviously. Yeah. But like at the end of the day, like. Everyone's been super supportive, like my co well, old coaches, my teammates. I think, like, at the end of the day, if anyone isn't supportive, they're not really, like, a f true friend of mine. Yeah, so, and in that case, yeah. you don't want to, like, their opinion holds no, like, merit. Yeah. Right? And there's no value to it. So it kind of makes it almost easier for me to, like, when people are negative, it's just, first of all, it's exhausting being negative, right? So it's like, why not? And I was talking to my buddy about this because he's got two kids, young kids. And they're like the sweetest kids and all the friends, they're all really nice. I'm like, how are they so positive about everything, but we're also like upset? It's like, oh, we're born really nice and kind. And then we just kind of get molded into these people who are just upset yeah. all the time. Right. And that was kind of something I've noticed. And I'm like, why, why did we do that? So it's cool that you're aware of the negative and you're like nah that doesn't really matter they're not supportive they're not my friend you're able to kind of shut it off easier instead of like oh well your friends of mine but 
I don't feel that way or why are you being so yeah. critical and like luckily I haven't had any of that honestly the response yeah. has been really good but on that topic I totally agree with that like we're all born a certain way and then life yeah. experiences different thing, things can shape you into having a certain mindset but one thing because I've struggled with is you know yeah. like caring too much about what people think or like worrying about others what others think of me and my decisions but at the end of the day it's your life mm -hmm. and what someone told me one time that's always stayed with me it's like you shouldn't not care what people think because if you truly didn't care what anyone thought you'd be a sociopath you know and that's not good right but it's about caring about what the right people think. Right, like You have core people in your yeah. life that know your values and yeah. that their values line up with you and it's about caring what those people think, not mm -hmm. about what the people that don't truly have your best interests are. So I always remember that in situations. It's like, Amazing, okay, yeah. I don't care what you think. I care what the right people think. Yeah. Like, like the right people How you're life, able to remind, yeah, and how you're able to remind yourself of those right people are saying that. Yeah, and keeping... I find each person also, to your point, has a... Um, also has... A role in your life, right? Like I have friends of mine who you need friends who you're able to just goof around, drink, have a bunch of like good times, go fishing, you know, train with, and it's all like fun. And then you need friends that, and I'm grateful enough to have them, and I'm sure you do as well, where they hold you accountable for things, right? They like they check you at the door, and they're like, all right, what's going on? Or people that you're lucky, like back, like um, after I just graduated high school and in the beginning years of college, I was like, it wasn't okay to be not okay right whereas now thankfully it's been okay where we're society's allowed us to go in the direction that we can express if anything's going wrong in our lives yeah. whereas now we used to live in this oh we can't share the weakness whereas now we can share that and be a bit more open and vulnerable to people close to us and i'm lucky enough that i have people in my life that are able to not just keep me accountable and check me but be like, hey man, like you can talk to me if things are going wrong, and it's so refreshing, so reassuring to be able to have those people that you can go to, and I think the support long term with that just overall really amazing. Oh, I completely agree. Yeah, I definitely think society's going in the right direction with that, with like having mm -hmm. more conversations around the stigma of like mental health and sports yeah. and just in general, because I think it's like you know, not okay to play the victim, but always okay to talk about things that like aren't going right or like having mm -hmm. people in your life that you can like share how you're feeling about because it's never good to keep that inside like i right. think everyone's done that for a certain point in your life and that doesn't really get you anywhere like you have to have those people yeah. that you're able to you know speak out when like you're not feeling okay or mm -hmm. things are going on yeah definitely yeah. agree with that like it's important to talk about those things very on that topic tell me about the this kind of pairs with something that i also want to ask you but tell me about the hidden component or opponent sorry yeah, Tell me about that. is like one of the most amazing organizations ever. Yeah, um, so it's an organization that promotes mental health in mm -hmm. sports, like just amazing. raising awareness around the stigma of mental health. Mm -hmm. um, so as a student athlete for anywhere in northern North America, so like Canada and the U.S., if you're a student mm -hmm. athlete, um, current or former, you can be a campus captain. And what that is, is you're Sick. basically just an advocate for mental health and mm -hmm. athletics. So you're raising awareness around campus, like... Um, you know, tabling events, like just talking to different people on campus, setting up hidden opponent chapters for your school. Um, and yeah, it's basically just a big platform to raise a conversation and to share resources and to meet yeah. and connect with other people that maybe Amazing. have gone through similar things. Yeah. And it's been really one of the best parts of my undergraduate experience just because like my first few years in college, mm -hmm. I mean, I was having a lot of fun. It was really good. But again, like kind of going back to like a lot of like the pressures that I felt yeah. I always felt this like huge pressure to perform and honestly I think most of the pressure was pressure that I was feeling or putting on myself right but I, I had nowhere to 
to go with it. Like, right, there's just, no outlet. Yeah, there was no outlet. I didn't feel like I could really talk to everyone that was or anyone. Yeah. That was just basically like a walking ball of mess. Like, I just, like, I wasn't <laughs> yeah. happy and I wasn't sharing it with anyone and I was super emotional all the time and, you know, I was depressed, I was anxious and I went through a really hard time during COVID where I was like, holy shit, like, I'm really not okay. Yeah. Um, and it takes vulnerability to be able to, you know, reach out and get help and I did and I still do, which has been, like, one it of the best. It takes confidence, yeah. too, to admit you're that vulnerable or to yeah. be that vulnerable in front of people, right? Yeah, it's absolutely. Like, especially strangers, more often than not. No, for sure, but I was, like, I reached a point where I was, like, I'm really not healthy, yeah. I'm not okay and, like, you know, it's affecting my swimming but it was affecting all aspects of my life. Like, I was so anxious all the time yeah. and anyways so i got help and through the hidden opponent i've been able to like you know share some of those resources and Amazing. now i just think it's really important to be like candid about like you know because obviously on social media and stuff social media is great but it's also really dangerous because you're seeing it's, the best part of people's lives yeah, all the time right and the reality is that's like five percent of what people go through yeah, probably even less so it's yeah. like through the hidden opponent you're like i just feel like i'm allowed to share a side of me that maybe isn't shared enough on social media and right. people like admitting like, hey, I struggle with this, here's how you can get help. So it's basically just a really big platform where student athletes can connect with others and like share resources on that. So mm -hmm. it's been one of my favorite parts being a campus captain for them for three years during my undergrad and it's been like really awesome. Amazing. Yeah. And I found, I like that it always comes up, but social media being that tool, I've used it as a, when I was in, sorry, when I was in South America for a couple of weeks, I was doing the service trip and one of the guys there was like, his whole thing was like digital marketing and media, right? And he's like, if anybody wants to talk to me about it, I'd love to tell. And that was how, like, he kind of introduced himself. I love the guy. He's his, his most watched podcast. He was the guest. So I was like, amazing. Love the guy to death. Shout out Joe. And Joe's like, hey, so, yeah, anybody want to talk about this, I'll gladly share my insights. And so nobody ever really, I guess, took him up on the off. But I was like, hey, Joe. You know, all, all the girls went to bed and did their thing. And I was like, by myself. So I was like, you know, my brain's still, like, firing on all cylinders. I'm like, I need to be stimulated more mentally. So I'm like, hey, Joe. Do you have an hour or two to kill him? He's like, yeah. He's like, sweet, you want to grab a cup of coffee? And uh, this is like in our like chalet, like in our hut. And I was like, dude, like, let's grab a cup of Java and I want to pick your brain. He's like, okay. So the main thing that he said that stuck with me though is using it as a tool to connect. Because it's very, very good if you can do that. But like you said, the less than like 5% or something of the, and usually when I'm sitting on my phone feeling like crap. Right. And then I'm like, oh, everybody's doing dope shit. Oh, I check my bank account. Nope. Can't fly there yep. right now. Yep. Shit. And so I'm going through, I'm like, oh, it's not healthy, but I've been able to, in the last month or two, I've deleted it off my phone. Like I've deleted, I've deleted my personal Instagram off my phone. Um, and TikTok, Snapchat, all that. I use my Instagram on my laptop, so I check it at night, so I can communicate, you know. And the only time I've had it in the last month was when we video called. And then I deleted it right away after, because I was like, I can't use it. it. It's something that unless I'm using it as a tool to connect, it's not something that I can't. Because I'm, like, my brain goes very, very bad. You might be not as bad for this, but I, like, really hate, I compare and compare and compare. And oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's but we brutal. all do it, though. Yeah. We all do it. And that's the thing. Like like you said, social media is so great and so beautiful because it allows yeah. us to connect. Like, for me, love Snapchat because I get mm -hmm. to, you know, see pictures of or like my friends' faces who live in yeah. different countries. Like, it's so Amazing. awesome. And social media, I get to see what people are doing. But then there's the flip side of that where you said you're scrolling going, oh, my gosh, well, all yeah. I did was work 12 hours today. But it's like you know, God gave everyone different gifts for different things and mm -hmm. we all have different seasons in our life where we're going to be doing different things yeah. and it's 
not wrong of you to just be in a different season than someone else, but we can't, our brains can't always comprehend that when we're just scrolling and comparing right. all the time. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like, I think it's important on social media to use it, you know, like to connect and to, you know, post things that make you happy, but also to be honest and yeah. just share things that like, you know, could maybe help someone else if they're scrolling and seeing, oh, well, I'm feeling like shit and seeing, oh, well, Nina struggles with this too. Okay, well, I'm not the only one. Well, it's like, yeah, yeah you're like, you're guaranteed not the only one like we all do, but it's just social media is so you know, used to just promote your best self all the time. Yeah. And although that's it's great, great, but that's not you yeah. all the time. So no, and like you said, more often than not, very small amount. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I think yeah. the hidden opponent does a <laughs> great job of that. Cause they allow, you know, we get put in group meetings with student athletes from all across the country in different regions. Oh, sick. We can connect with them, have weekly calls. That's so cool. Um, yeah, and then just they share a lot of resources for different things, you know, like pressure in sports. There's video conferences uh, on different, like, you know, like body image issues, you know. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, just a lot of really Everything. cool resources. Yeah, so it's been, like, awesome for me and also to be able to share that with some of my teammates at FSU, and I hope to keep doing that in UF and stuff. I'm oh, going to keep no going kidding. as a campus captain, but, yeah, it's like... That's sick. Yeah, they're an amazing organization, and... They speak for like really important cause, something that obviously affected yeah. me personally, but I think that affects a lot of people. So everybody, yeah. I mean, like you said, sociopath. If it doesn't, yeah, right. So yeah. have you? And it could be the hidden opponent or any other time in that space in dealing with like mental health and being an advocate for it, right. What's one thing you don't have to name the person, or if you want to, you can. Up to you, totally. That you kind of heard of an experience or somebody came to you with something that they may have not felt okay with dealing or they came to you with something very very serious and was like Nina I need to tell somebody this or like it gets bad do you have something similar to that or something that like your brain goes to Wait, like an like, experience like, so if someone's coming to me with something that they're yeah personally? yeah do you have yeah. one that stands out that you're like Ooh, wow didn't know this was a thing or something um, I mean, I haven't had anything where I've been like, oh, I didn't know that this was a thing. Just more like, you know, I feel I feel privileged that if people feel comfortable okay. enough to come to me with their problems or things that they're experiencing, yeah. like that's a huge. I feel really privileged on my part to f that they're coming to me for that. Right. So there sure. hasn't been anything where I've been like, oh my gosh, like I didn't know that this was happening because I've seen a lot of stuff. You right. Know? Well, I don't. I mean, I'm sure I haven't seen anything, but like, you know, like I have had, you know, teammates and people approach me with problems and different things that they're struggling yeah. with and like you know it always breaks my heart whenever like someone approached me with something that like they're dealing with but also like definitely feel privileged to be able to help them and like you know yeah. sometimes you don't always have the right answers for people but you can like point them in the direction of someone that can like yeah. you know I'm always like huge. I can get you in touch with someone that can help That's huge. I see yeah. this I see this counselor I can get you in touch with her like I'm always like Amazing. you know you can't always fix other people's problems but no. you can always like be there to have the conversation and point them in the right direction so yeah, yeah, I feel like if ever someone's like approached me in the last few years with like, hey, I'm really struggling with this, it's just like, well, I'm really privileged that you felt comfortable enough with me to share that yeah. with me. Because that's, that's a really, super, really cool. super hard thing to do, right, is to put yourself in like mm -hmm. a vulnerable position to tell someone like, hey, I'm not okay. Yeah. And I hope I promote my, well, not promote myself, but I hope like, you know, staying true to myself is being someone who like, you can always right but you want to put that like message that. out there yeah i do yeah. so i feel like like trying to live to my truest self is putting out that message that like mm. you know i'm i'm gonna be real with you all the time so Absolutely. like you can come to me and be real with your stuff all the time too so i yeah. hope that that's like what i portray to people that's what i try to do anyways Amazing. but yeah whenever people come to me with things like yeah. it's always like sad if it's someone who's struggling with something really big and mm -hmm. i can't always be the solution to the problem but i can always like point them in the right direction is that so powerful 
It is because I've had so I've cool. had people do that for me, right? Where like right. when I was like younger and like didn't know where to go, like you know, opening yourself up to that one person, and it happened to be someone who yeah. was like really helpful, and then points you in the right direction where you're getting help. Like I've had people do that for me, so I just want to be able to do that for other people. Yeah. You know, amazing. Because yeah, sports are hard. Yeah. Sports are beautiful and yeah. amazing. Like swimming has given me the world of opportunities and like so many experiences and things. Like you can't even put a price on like what mm -hmm. swimming has given me. But it also comes with like a lot of baggage too, I guess. Yeah. So I always want to put the message of like gratitude, but also like it's okay if you're struggling with things because like everyone does, you know. Yeah, and I think to your point, and I didn't know how bad it was, but so I used to have a strategy for the podcast where I would ask friends of guests like, "Hey, yo, listen, is there anything interesting that they might not be sharing with a lot of people?" Because like, my whole idea, yeah, my whole idea with the show is, like, I don't want it to just be the basic surface level crap. I'm like, I want to fucking go deep, right? Yeah. And so that's where I really thrive, and I think the human connection really is, like, in the deep, deep, like, trenches of, like, okay, we're bonding, we're connecting, we feel, like, open enough and vulnerable enough, but also self-confident, or enough, have enough self-confidence inside that we're able to kind of share these parts of ourselves with each other. And I think doing that is incredible and what I found out is when I had a friend of mine named Zach, shout out to Zach, still a good friend of mine, um, and he did a, um, he did the show with me last summer before I had any of this built, but it was the first one in here so that was cool, and uh, shout out to Zach, he, I was asked a few friends of, my, of his that, I was like, man, like we had trained a couple times together and I was like, like he talked about wanting to do the show so I was like, yeah man, oh yeah, that's cool, yeah, if you ever need somebody, I'm like, I'd love to. So I was like, awesome. And then I asked a couple mutual friends of ours. I was like, hey, what are some things I could dive in? Because he's not on social media, right? So I'm like, ooh, it's not as easy as just finding articles. He's not in the space that much. So I'm like, ooh, it's tougher. So I call some friends. And they're like, Yo, ask him about mental health. Like, that's going to be your episode. And I was like, okay. So he got to a point where he shared with me the story of how he found his, like, mother hanging in her bedroom and that was when he was like 22 That's 23 stuff. yeah and it was like 45 minutes i was like what like i didn't think we could get there so that was the first time that and like he seemed like he seemed past it i guess that might not be the best way to put it yeah but he's never get past no like but uh, and he put a way of like he's like you don't cope with it because coping means like you've accepted that it's like that you feel like crap and you live with it he's like no i had to find a way to exceed from it and like use it as a stepping stone to balance so he took a very interesting approach which i really admire for but fine that was something cool that i was like i didn't know that this was something i was able to do like to advocate for that conversation that he was having that he felt open enough to share with me. He was like, yeah, you just got a couple of microphones, a couple of cameras, a couple of lights, and we're just hanging out in my garage. Yeah, that's Essentially that's is what I was doing. Yeah, and so almost an hour in, being able to share that with me and then talking about how he was able to move past it was something that, like you said, is like being very fortunate enough to be in my, my opportunity to advocate a bit for it, different than yours, of course, but finding, being able to be open with people and having that connection is just like really, really cool. Yeah, well, that, that yeah. like, that exact story reminds me of, like, something that, like, my mentor told me at school is, like, there's going to be, like, peaks and valleys yeah. in your life always, always, and, like, it's always okay to talk about things that aren't going right mm -hmm. or things that are affecting you, but it's yeah. never okay to be a victim because as soon as you allow yourself to be the victim, you can't 
like you said, exceed from that. So yeah, it's finding the balance of that, of like, yes, talk about it, speak your truth, Mm -hmm. deal with it, but also knowing that like your mental health is your responsibility. Amazing. And that's not anything that anyone else can do for you. Like, that's what I learned. Because like when I was in my first years, I was looking for validation from others so much, like from coaches, from people like... Yeah, you're new. It's a new new country. Yeah, yeah. you're looking for external validation everywhere. But it's, you know what, it's not anyone else's job to fix your mental health. It's your job. So your mental health is your responsibility. And it's always okay to speak about how you're feeling and to get help and to talk to people. But it's never okay to be a victim. Because once you're being the victim, you're never going to be able to heal from anything or let yourself move past. So that's always something I remember. It's like, okay... Let me feel the way I feel about this. Let me, you know, take a few minutes and then not a few minutes. Sometimes it's longer than a few yeah, minutes, but it let depends me, on the situation, yeah, let me, person, let me deal yeah. with this in the best way I can, but never allow myself to be a victim. Now, what's that process look like? Like the two minutes, right? Like what's that process look like for you, for you? I think a big thing that, um, I heard this on a podcast one time, um, is that, you know, when things happen to you in life, mm-hmm. most of the things that happen to you are going to be, I, w- I don't want to say most, because a lot of life is in your control. It's how you treat people. It's how you take an outlook on life. It's the choices that you make. Yeah. But a lot of things are going to happen where you can't control it and you can't change it. So like when things happen to you that you can't change, it's okay. Taking a minute and just saying these words, can't change it. Yeah. And I heard that on a podcast and that's like super powerful because if you can't change it, you're taking the power back to yourself. You're not giving the power to the situation to make you feel a certain way. You're taking that power like, okay, this might suck. Can't change it. How do you move forward? Right. You know, and that's different than, you know, I don't want to get that confused with depression or anxiety because that's, that's totally, that's a different, that is a, that is a state of mind. And that is sometimes a chemical imbalance that you need doctors and you need medication. You need things like that to help. Absolutely. But I mean, the general process of when things in life happen where you're, you know, looking for things to deal, it's Mm -hmm. okay. Can I change it? If you can change it. And Mm -hmm. if you can't take that minute, take that deep breath, can't change it. Move on. And I think that's so cool. And the move on part, I've been reading a bit into this when I was at uh, summer camp working a couple of weeks ago, helping a friend of mine out and doing some building. Oh, Bob the Builder. That's (laughs) it. Doing some fun stuff, swinging a hammer. And I, uh, I was reading a book that he had laid out, and I was like, I don't what know. book? Uh, Seven Habits of Highly... Read that one. Yeah. Stephen Covey. Amazing, yeah. right? So he talks about, like, proactive and reactive. Mm-hmm. And that reminds me of the conversation I had with this gentleman, Bruno Gourvma. It's just some French name. But he's uh, he defused bombs in the military. Okay. Right? So I was introduced to another guest. Yeah, crazy. I met the guy. But, again, another sh- chat I could have for three hours. And he talked about similar, like, discussion points of making life happen for you and then reacting to life when it letting other people make it happen to like for you. Right. It's like, you have to be proactive versus reacting poorly. And then like you say, like, Oh, well, okay, whatever. But okay. Take my minute. I know I'm taking this space. I've allotted X amount of time. I know that this is how, like, this is the stuff, my list of like, Oh, I feel good doing this or that. Or I talk to this person. I feel good because of their energy or whatever. Right. So I surround myself with that. And then, jumping to the okay now that we're out of that phase it's now i'm good that's behind me right and you're able to transition out of that a bit better right absolutely so. yeah and i think like what you said it's like important to have those people that can remind you of that too yeah because that's huge is my, yeah because yeah, that's like my general rule like can't change it take your minute 
-hmm. And sometimes, like, I'm going to sit here and tell you, this is what you have to do to move on. I'm not perfect at it. Like, I am absolutely not. Like, NCAAs for me this year, I was, you know, supposed to final. I was supposed to do all these things, and I swam, like, absolute shit. And I was devastated. Yeah. And it did not take me a minute. As you would be, yeah. It took me two days until one of my teammates, my roommate who I was staying with, like, looked at me, and she was like, we need to get going. Like, you need to stop feeling so bad for yourself. Yeah, Yeah. and it was her and my boyfriend who were both just like, you can't oh, wallow in no. self-pity forever, you know, and it's it's yeah. true. Amazing that those who are able to kind of like... Yeah, well, you, like you said, like, you need those people that can, you know, kind of make you realize, like, bring yeah. you back to what your values are, and that's one of my values. Mm-hmm. Can't change it. Take that deep breath and move yeah. on, and sometimes it takes longer than a minute, but in mm-hmm. the general rule of thumb is, yeah, like, if you can't change it and can't control things, you got to move past it. Yeah. And that's, like, for sports, that's crucial, right? Because you can't... You can't change the performance that just happened. You can learn yeah. from it and use that failure yeah. to, like, move forward, mm-hmm. or you can wallow in it. You know, and that's like yeah. what I did at NCAA's this year was two days of me just, you know, like moping around until my one of my teammates was like, we still got more races left. Like you gotta, and I was like, you're right. <laughs> you're not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a powerful thing to be able to say, you know, I can't change that because you're taking the control back from mm-hmm. externally to internally. And once you're taking yeah. that back, that internal control, I mean, the situation is what you make of it, right? Yeah. It's like you're in the power then. Right. And being in the power kind of. I'm curious to think, like, to pick your brain a bit more on this thought, but I was told way back when that it's not, you can't really control much that happens to you. You can only truly control how you react to what happens, right? Like, that's, I think, the whole thing. Like, you need, the control of how you react is, you know, that's the big thing, right? It's like, oh, you say this to this, but it's like, well, how do I react? Do I react negatively? But then all the things that happen to us in that, like moment are what lead us to react a certain way, right? So being able to have those things where, okay, I have my systems in place to have that positive environment, or in your case, like you said a while ago, good weather all around, because like everybody's like, oh, seasonal depression is real. It is real. Yeah. Maybe not so much when you're in California or Florida, yeah. but it's like, no, it's a real thing, and it's it's not fun. It's not a, it's not an easy thing to get over, and it's not an easy thing to find a way out of. But having those systems in place or those outlets are, yeah, humongous. So it's cool that you're able to advocate for that and create like publicity for a lane that's not really driven down much. Yeah, well, I think especially like if you think about performance anxiety or just anxiety in general mm-hmm. in sports, it's always going to come from trying to control si- or not always, most of the time. And from what I can speak from personal personal experience, it's you're going to be trying to control situations that you have no control over. Mm. You know, for swimming, it's yeah. when I think back to my times where I experienced the worst performance anxiety, it's, you know, worrying about what the people in the lanes beside me are doing or, oh my gosh, what if I don't make this or what if I don't win this event? But you can't control what the others are doing, mm-hmm. you know? And when I th- can think back to my very best performances, it's you're not focused on anyone else, you're focused on you. And that was one thing that I had really been working on with my psychologist going yeah. into Olympic trials last year was Amazing. you've done the work you got to stand up on the blocks and just trust that you've done all that you can and you can't control other people. So that was the thing when I set up to race on the last day of Olympic trials, I was super yeah. nervous. Like, I don't think the nerves ever go away. I think nerves is actually a good thing. It means that your body's getting ready to perform, mm-hmm. but it's just shifting that focus from external to internal. Right. When you're shifting that back to yourself, it allows you to take control and power of the situation and know that like you've done all you can do. It's just up to you to give the best that you can do on that day. Yeah. And, you know, I went a best time and it was great. And Epic. that's, yeah. yeah. And if I could do that every time I swim, life would be good, but obviously it's, you know, there's peaks <laughs> in the yeah, valleys. Like peaks so, and valleys. Yeah. It doesn't work quite like that. Yeah. But how are you able to kind of ground yourself? And what I mean by that is I think there's a lot of things that I've found that 
I'm so worried of in the past or when I'm thinking about the past or oh, did I, what if, what if, what if, right? That self-doubt kind of creeps up and it, it's not a good cycle to get into. It's a deep pit and it's tough yep. to climb out of. And I think thinking ahead where you're like, oh, what if, what if I don't? Or the did I or what if? It's like we're not living in the now, right? We're not so much in the present. How are you able to, over the years, develop something or like a ritual or some, I don't know, what superstitious or anything but like do you have like a routine that gets you focused in the moment and what does that look like i think for me one of the biggest things that drive me is like my faith like you know mm -hmm. i you know for me prayer and gratitude is like yeah. really powerful and Amazing. i think you know when you're always worrying about like what's gonna come or what has happened like yeah. like you said you're never living in like the present moment so you know i think prayer is really powerful and also just knowing that like i believe that like all my days were written before me the day that i was born you know so just trusting that like god has a plan and like if you can focus in on yourself and yeah. what's happening and what matters right now that plan is going to unfold exactly the way that it's supposed to so i feel like like you said like staying grounded is basically just focusing in the present moment mm -hmm. because if you're focusing on the past or the future again you're giving away that control 100 percent. yeah and you're giving away yeah. the control of the situation on things that you can't control so focusing on like the future and knowing that you can't change what happened in the past you can only control what's happening now which yeah. is going to affect the future that's like the biggest thing it's just you know yeah so i think for me prayer and also gratitude like i think when i find myself getting really nervous for races and being like oh my gosh i don't measure up like i shouldn't be here it's like no like let me just take a step back i'm really grateful to be here you know listing like sometimes i'll count on my fingers 10 things i'm grateful for wow. or 10 things that i've done right you know, yeah. that's a big thing too. I think another thing that grounds me is this was a book that we read as a women's team at FSU. It's called like 30 days to confidence by oh, a girl cool. called coach Kristen. She's like amazing. Um, but so I have this thing that's called a confidence jar. Mm -hmm. And so every day I will write something that I'm proud of like that I did. Physical, a physical, amazing. That's yeah, the greatest thing I've ever the heard. Thing is, Sick. The thing is people will say, Oh, confidence jar and they'll keep it in your head. You're not going to remember. No, you're not going to remember a physical one. Yeah. So, when you so need, what I do ah. is it's a little gray box that I keep in my room. You know, it's brilliant. And you know, sometimes what I write in my confidence jar yeah. looks like I crushed that set. I did times I never thought I could do boom, plop it in there. And sometimes it's, I was really anxious today yeah. and I finished practice. Boom, plop it in there. Yeah. Or sometimes it's, I did six dolphin kicks off the wall for every push off today. But no matter what, that confidence jar, I make myself write in it every day. There's right. always something that you can be proud of that you've done. Mm -hmm. Always, always, always. Even if it's a bad day or if there's something, you know, it wasn't a good workout, there's yeah. something that you can focus on that you did right. And so writing all those little things down, I keep them with me. And when I go to swim meets, I read through those things that I've done, the things that I'm confident about. And that grounds me and reminds me of all the work that I've done. So that's Sick. taking control of the past and also yeah. allowing me to use it for, like, the present and the future, you know? Whoa. Big fan of the confidence story. I read yeah. that in a book and I was like, I'm going to do that. It was in that book, <laughs> yeah. eh? That's sick. I like that a lot because it's funny you mentioned that. Like, oh, people say it's like, I've heard people say it to me. It's like, yeah. It's like, no, keep a physical like jar. Physical. Yeah. And even if you're not an athlete, that's like something that you're grateful for every day. I'm mm. grateful for today. You know, I read on another, um, not I read, I listened to on another podcast mm. of this guy called Doc Amen. He's like Miley Cyrus's psychiatrist, but he's this like really brilliant psychiatrist. And he Whoa, said, yeah, yeah. No, he has like a really great podcast. That's but sick. What's he, his name? Doc Amen. 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 Yeah. Right. You did say it. Yeah. Yes. Doc, D-O-C, and then Amen. Yeah. I thought, said, said, I thought that was the name. Sorry. Yeah. No, but he says at the end of every day, he writes down or he thinks, I write it down because I think for me, like journaling is yeah, like, same, good Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah. But um, what went right today? You know? And so he gave the example of on the day that my mom died was a horrible day. Mm -hmm. But he still made himself write down what went right today. Connected with family. Blah, blah, blah. Other things. So I feel like when you, when you can pull yourself back to that like mindset of gratitude... Yeah. 
it allows you to focus on the present and to ground yourself and stay focused. Because when you're mm -hmm. grateful for things, you can't be anxious about what's to come or what's been in the past because you're really grateful for that moment. Mm -hmm. So yeah, two things, three things, I guess. Prayer, gratitude, confidence jar. Those are like my three things I used to stay grounded. That was like a really long explanation. No, that was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. Please, you have all the time in the world. That's hilarious. One thing I know, something I noticed you do, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you do something really cool that I want to kind of praise you for. So you do, last year or two, at least, I, maybe more, I'm not sure, can't remember, but you do a fundraiser on your birthday, correct? Amazing, by the way, I, I love that. Do you have, like, where did that start? Like, why? Like, where did that idea kind of start? Where you raise money for something that you're passionate about or a cause? Because I'm really curious. I really want to ask you that. I was like, if this happens on camera or off camera, I want to know. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, I think when I was younger, my mom, like, always loved birthdays, but my dad never really did. Yeah, so we never really, like, celebrated, like, my birthday and stuff. So I always just thought that birthdays were, like, whatever. I was like, mm. yeah. But then as I got older, I'm like, you know what? Like, no, like, I was born today. Like, let's freaking celebrate this. <laughs> I was the so, opposite. No, of yeah, so I'm the opposite of you. Now I'm like, no, if this is like, and you know what, it's not about the presents or anything that, like, I yeah. seriously, like, I don't, I, that's what, every year I do a fundraiser because I don't want presents. It's about, like, for me, birthdays are about, like, an excuse to get together with people that you love or do something fun. Yeah. And also, I'm like, if I can use this as a day where it's going to, like, help, because I don't really need the money or the presents. Like, I don't need that, but it's, yeah. like, the one day a year where I have, like, like people were for some reason inclined to give you something like I don't know who started that for birthdays it wasn't me but whoever started it that's a great idea because yeah. it's the one day a year where like people are inclined to give you something yeah like the attention Not inclined, goes but, to like, you the intention goes to you so yeah. like I've just, just I don't know I don't remember when it was that I decided to do it like I, the first year I mm -hmm. um I was just like you know like it's my birthday and I don't want presents like there's really nothing that I'm like I really want like yeah. if I really want something that bad I have a job I'll go out and buy it yeah, like it's not it. yeah it's not really a huge thing so I was like I'm at the time I was well I did for four years it was the Hangta Foundation which is a foundation mm -hmm. in Tallahassee that um basically just gives like a space for parents who have kids with disabilities, disabilities to you know yes. Um, they host events every second week, so, you know, they can drop their kid off, and we play with the kids, and it's, like, a different thing. That's so cool. Yeah, and so the parents can go do things that they don't have no time to do when you have way. a child with a disability. So, like, you know, maybe going for a run, going grocery shopping, going on a date, just things that you don't Whoa. have time to do. And anyways, it's been one of my favorite experiences at FSU. I've met the most amazing little kids, and it's been, like, such an amazing family. No and I was way. like, you know what? Like, my birthday, that's an opportunity for me to get something for myself or yeah. be able to give it to something that's, like, actually, like, needs it. So, yeah, I started doing it two years ago. I raised money for the Hank Tough Foundation and got a lot of donations. Like, yeah, that's, like, the beautiful thing Amazing. about birthdays. It's, like, yeah. I get to celebrate with my family, but also kind of shift the attention to, like, I don't know. Yeah, give it's, it like, to, I'm going to get it, but I'm going to... I'm going to give it the yeah, other way. Yeah, so I did it, it for the Hank Tough so cool. Foundation my first year, and then this year I did it for the Hidden Opponent. Next year, we'll see. Mm. I don't know. Ooh, yeah, I feel like it's the one day nice. year where people are, like, you know, attention's on you mm -hmm. for some weird reason. I don't know who started that, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> So I'm like, like if yeah. I can use it this way, that's yeah. amazing. I love that. That's so cool. I think there's, I had a friend of mine who just competed it, or completed it, because um, he's been raising money for MS in honor of his Aunt Claire, who passed away from it years ago. And yeah, I think he's like $25,000 now. But he did it for like the last couple, like for the last five, six months. And I remember we did the show, and then he told me about the idea. But his whole idea is like, he wants to do these big challenges that are like big challenges that are very very tough and like they just seem like borderline impossible especially for somebody like 
obviously like him, but he's very, very pro, like, give, raise awareness, everything. So, like, I've had five or six people in the show in the last, like, year and a half, two, or, yeah, about a year, year and a half that are, like, every single person has, like, in some form or another been a part of something greater, which I think is, it's really, I'm really grateful because I'm able to witness that and pick the brains of you guys and these people. Well, you're also understand. an for the people like you. Yeah. You're doing something for the greater yeah, people. Yeah, I'm trying too. to. Like, that's pretty I'm cool. trying to. Thank you. I'm trying to. I think it's cool to understand what makes you guys tick and like where does this kind of stem from, right? And like why, why is it, why do you think overall, Nina, that there's such an urge to like give back? Like why is giving the thing? Like, yeah, I think, I mean, like... Especially genuine giving, yeah. right? Yeah, well, I think, like, for me, I had a lot of obstacles, like, growing up, like, obviously mm. did not come from a family with a lot of money, and, like, I know I feel really, and just a lot of stuff growing up that was, like, really challenging. Right. Um, but I think for me, like, swimming has given me, like, a world of opportunities. Like, I've gotten mm. to live so many things that, like, people who don't have athletic gifts or maybe who don't have, I don't know, like the people who have helped me along the way are the reason for why I am the way that I am. And if there weren't certain people in my life that were there to pick me up when I fell down, I probably mm. would have stayed down. Oof. But it's like, so because I had people that helped lift me up when I needed it, I've gotten to accomplish all these amazing things, yeah. right? And I'm still going to continue accomplishing those things, but now I feel like I'm in a position where I can be that person for someone else. So I guess that's that's kind of where that comes from. You know? Like, yeah. I feel like we are our best selves when we are connecting with others and when Absolutely. we can uplift others. And, like, I've had, like, a lot of help over my life from mm. family and friends and just different things. And, you know, swimming has really allowed me to, you know, live so many amazing things, like national teams, junior yeah. national teams, like, getting an education out of it. And, like, yeah, amazing. I've just, like, I want to be able to help people that were, like, little girls like me that were kind of disadvantaged and didn't have a lot of money or a yeah. lot of things growing up and still made it work. Like, I just want people to know that, like, you can make it work. Like, you don't have to be so cool. born with everything to be able to yeah. accomplish something in life. And I love those stories, too, which is what intrigues me about a lot of people is not so much like, oh, they had all these opportunities and, yeah, they made the most of them. That's awesome. Yeah. But if you had less than that, right, and you're able to make something out of nothing or I mean, just, most people just aren't as fortunate as right? some other people, right? So well, I think we're all created the same. There's always adversity. No matter yes. what you're born with, no matter what you do, there's always going to be adversity. But some people just aren't, you know, don't have access to the resources to be able to overcome adversity. For right? sure. Yeah. No, so some sense. people, whether it's, you know, the people that you yeah. had surrounded, like you're just like, I'm telling you, like if I didn't have people that taught me how to pick myself up after mm -hmm. failure and after challenges, I could have stayed, stayed down, but I yeah. didn't. And I learned how to be able to pick myself up and keep going. And I just want to be able to do the same for like other people, you know? Amazing. Yeah. I think that's really cool. And that, what was it? It was, I was listening to this speech and it's such a famous speech. I like, I know you've heard it. I think it's like from this Admiral guy. Cause I'm very into like, I'm very into the art of like, conversations and speaking as like a skill mm -hmm. right and this guy i think his name's like william mcraven or whatever and he did a speech for T university of texas and it was yeah that sounds like a university right on yeah so Austin. <laughs> yeah so what he did was he did the whole speech but then he's like their whole motto i think is some like what starts here changes the world right and his it went from, well, there's a ripple effect, right? Of like, ooh, if one person changed the lives of, if one person in here changed the lives of just eight people, and then 
each one of those people changes the lives of eight people. And then it kind of ripples into this like greater thing. And he's like, over a couple generations, we changed the course of the world. And I was like, oh, interesting. So I think it's almost silly for people to, if they have those opportunities, to not make the most of them in the sense of being grateful and raising awareness for things bigger than them or creating something or an avenue that allows for people to make something better right and like do something better than themselves or greater than themselves and absolutely raise money or awareness or cause or bring attention to something or oh you don't have the opportunities that i had well i'm gonna change that and that's something that's like i've loved summer camps and working there for that exact reason like all growing up I was able to see like kids who's they were all they half of them there was a budget percentage of the budget i think it was like 15 20 percent was allocated to kids from like the Sudbury manitoulin district so it was like all foster kids and kids in like cool. homes and stuff so you can tell the difference right because there's like middle upper middle class kids and then there's the difference between them and like the kids who's got they have two shoes pairs of shoes they came with but they have four separate shoes four individual shoes right oh yeah yeah so they wore two pairs of shoes but they didn't have the same matching shoes they're like why it's because my brother has the other brand like, so all this like little stuff and that's just light example but being able to do that i think is is so cool so oh my powerful. gosh. Yeah. yeah. And like, I totally agree with that. Cause like, you know, I spent like a long time, like being bitter about like thing, like just cause I felt like, Oh, well if I had yeah. different things growing up, like maybe I could have been better about yeah. that. But then like you realize how many people are even more disadvantaged than like you would think, mm -hmm. I guess. And like, it's 100%. not, a, it's not about the cards that you're dealt. It's like how you play them, you know? Exactly. But yeah. so when I was my second year, um, before COVID hit and stuff for a year in Tallahassee, I volunteered at like my local church in a mentorship oh, cool. program. And like, obviously, that's why I don't call her after she's someone picking me up. Um, and obviously like racial, segregation is a big issue in America. Yeah. Like racism is still a very prevalent thing. Um, and so I got to work for like, I, got, I literally got to witness that firsthand. So I volunteered at this church into mentorship program where you're assigned yeah. a scholar and you're their mentor. And so you do, you know, you play with them for 30 minutes, you do homework with them for 30 minutes mm -hmm. and you do Bible study for 30 minutes. And it's, you know, in Tallahassee, there's just areas where, you know, it's all African Americans that have parents that do not give a crap about them. They are raised to think that school isn't the thing that matters that, you know, and it was just like being like, it was a really challenging thing for me because I had never seen such poor behaved kids in my life. Wow. And the first tendency when I was placed in that situation is like, what the heck, why are you behaving like this? But then you look at the system and it's the American system that has failed them. And also their parents that have failed them because the systems paled their parents. And yeah, it's just and people it's that the opposite way. Yeah, and it's like they don't have people like I had to pull me out of certain places and to mm -hmm. tell me like, hey, like, I believe in you. You can do this. They haven't had people to do that. So the program Whoa. was like really challenging because yeah. I've never seen such poor behaved kids, but also like really rewarding to be able to feel like you're like firsthand making an impact on someone's life to be like, mm -hmm. hey, you can have more than the cards that you were dealt with. Yeah. You know, like you can play them better than you think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's wow. crazy, right? Like you just like, yeah. you're like, again, that's coming back to like the victim card is like, you can always look at yourself a victim until you actually realize like different things that are going on in the world and being like, mm -hmm being a victim isn't cool. Like there's always going to be someone that is going to have it a lot worse than you. So like, how can you always, yeah. look at the cards that you have, play them in a certain way to help yourself and also use that to be able to help others. Mm -hmm. That's what I hope to do in life anyways. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. It's cool. Right. To be able to think of, let's do something greater, right? You're living for something higher. Yeah. I think it 
doing that also I find because I've, I've shifted like like back to being bitter at certain things certain times right, right? yeah oh, we yeah. all do it, of course it's tough yeah. but doing that kind of allows us to or sorry doing the the good things for the greater good and having that effect on people it just makes you more positive because you're you have perspective right which is why I love traveling so much that's kind of the reason I dive into traveling is I'm like you know, I need to taste. Of, I need a dose of perspective. Let's go to Romania. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of how my brain works with that and seeing how different all cultures that stuff live. Is. Yeah. Texture bags. Oh no worries. No worries. I was gonna ask. I was like, I hope she's not like waiting for like half hour. Yeah. No, she said nine twenty, so we still got there. Oh, sick. Okay, well, if you're how having one, I'm you having You're gonna one. do one. You're gonna do two. John. Amazing. You want to read or do you want to hear my? Favorite I thought that was going to happen. I was like, that's embarrassing if that spews everywhere, but that's okay. I do. Okay, this is like, it's my... This is life quote, too. Yeah, this is, it's my background on my laptop. It's called The Man in the Arena by Theodore Roosevelt. You ever Amazing. Heard of it? Have you ever heard of it? Heard of, yes, never. This is like the best quote. This is like, shapes everything that I do. I could probably recite it by heart, but I want to read it so I don't fuck it up. Yeah. I appreciate that. Okay. I appreciate the... So this is Theodore Roosevelt. Teddy. Teddy. So The Man <laughs> in the Arena. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes shorthand again and again, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Boom! Isn't that a good one, though? I but like that. that. Just, but that just comes back to, like, you know, there's always going to be people in your life that are going to be criticizing the heck out of what everyone else is doing. Mm -hmm. But it's like, if you're not in the arena actually trying, you should never be criticizing others. Right. Because, like, well, yeah, it's all yeah. about your effort, and if you're in there trying, like, success is going to look different on different days, and your best is going to look different on different days, but, like, if you're in the arena, yeah. you shouldn't right. be listening to, like, the critics that aren't, mm. you know? Yeah, I love like life favorite quote. Amazing. Right? I love that. Yeah, yeah that's really cool. One. I like that a lot. Powerful. I like that I've allowed whenever like I'll go to the gym and I'll get my ass kicked. And not like figuratively, like literally. literally. <laughs> like literally like dumped on my neck, face into the mat, strangled. And be like, well this sucks. This is uncomfortable. I should be doing the opposite. Right? It should be me. But those days have kind of allowed me to, I've been bitter and I've been like, yo, fuck, I should, you know, or like, yeah, I'll get them later. But it's like, no, you didn't. So being able to kind of check yourself and appreciate those days and being grateful for, hey, I made it there. And like you said a while ago, you're like, yeah, I made it to practice. I made it through practice, even though I was like ridiculously exhausted, right? It's like, that goes in the jar. Yeah. Right, so being like, oh, I got my ass kicked all day against people. I usually like it's usually the other way around. Just wasn't my day. I was sore. I got like injured a bit soon. It's like why? Those days allow us to, like you said earlier, learn, go back, and understand. Like, ooh, well, why? Why did I let them take me down? Why did? I, why was I being lazy in these positions? Why didn't I fight for it? It's like, oh, why was I? Because I was tired. Well, why was I tired? Okay, but why was my sleep crap? Right, you. I go back until I find the source of the problem, and I'm like, okay, 
how do we eliminate that for next time? Or if we can't eliminate completely, at least minimize it. Right. right? Well, I think the biggest thing for that too is like something that I've learned. Cause like another thing was like, I used to get anxious going to practice because I was like, what if I don't hit these times? What if I don't, yeah, to practice because I cared so much. And I was like, what if I don't hit this time, whatever. But a big thing is like realizing that like your best is going to look different on different days. Mm-hmm. And that could be due to sleep, maybe outside stressors, maybe school, maybe, but like your best is always going to look different. And mm-hmm. as long as you're going into a situation knowing that you gave your best, you can't be anxious for the outcome or upset with the outcome right. because it was your best on that day. And sometimes, like, I know you understand swimming terms, sometimes mm-hmm. my best on some days is going to be holding 31s for 50s breaststroke, and sometimes it's going to be 33s, and sometimes it'll be 34s. Yeah. And, like, it's really frustrating to go through that, right? But, like, it's the rule of thirds. Like, when you're training for any kind of dream... Mm-hmm or any kind of goal, yeah. it's like the rule of thirds. Third of the time you're going to be feeling really good, third of the time you're going to be feeling okay, and a third of the time you're going to be feeling really crappy. Sometimes when you're in the crappy zone, that's all you're going to focus on, but remember that that's only roughly a third of the time. It's and a there's valley. A, it's a valley, right? So as long as you're giving your best, you can't really be upset with like what your best is on that day mm-hmm. because sometimes it's going to just look different, and right. that's just like life, you know? Yeah, and everybody, like you said, everybody goes through everybody it. Everybody goes yeah. through it, yeah. Which is that as long remembering that always helps. Yep. It's like, listen, okay, get our ass kicked today. What's tomorrow got? Or how do we bounce back? Or that oh, was a great day. Like I found days where I'm just I'll express gratitude. Or one thing I've done lately that's changed kind of my overall like one small little thing, right? It does so much good. And this example of my business partner and I, Kevin, we talk a lot about, I'm like, nobody wants to work anymore. Nobody wants to work. Everywhere is hiring. There's so many people, but nobody wants to work. Nobody knows how to work. Everybody, you know. But the people who are working, I'm going to be the nice. They can mess up my order. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. I'm like, cool. They're like, oh, we met. I'm like, it doesn't matter. I'll yeah. tip you the same. Yeah. Tip you the same. You can make mistakes. You can give me something I completely, you can mess up my, I can order something with onions and you don't give me nothing. I'm like, whatever. And be, I'm like, I'm going to be uber polite. I mean, very polite, like, almost, like, kind of annoyingly polite. I'm like, oh, very much, thank you, please, oh, dude, like, oh, my God. I'm, like, hugging these strangers I'm working, like, who are working with me. I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, that feels so good doing that, right? And it allows you to kind of make, even doing that on days that suck in the valleys just helps. Well, kindness is free, right? And by helping others, you actually help yourself. Like, that gives you a sense of, like... Which is crazy why we don't do it more. It's u- u- I'm gonna mm. butcher this term. Ubuntu, 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 Ubuntu. Wait, I'm gonna look it up. Ubuntu. Yeah. I need so. to get I need to get my producer with a laptop throwing this up on the big screen. Ubuntu. Ubuntu. Now you got it pretty quick, so that's okay. Wait. Ubuntu. One second, I want to explain it to you. Sick. I'm excited. I haven't heard of this one, so I'm intrigued. There is a word in South Africa, Ubuntu, a word that captures Mandela's greatest gift, his recognition that we are all bound together in ways that are invisible to the eye, that there are a oneness to humanity, that we achieve ourselves by sharing ourselves with others and caring for those around us. There's this Netflix documentary called The Playbook. You should watch it. It's really good. Yeah? Yeah. The Playbook. All right. Um, This close to asking what it was called. (laughs) And it's, um... Force of habit. (laughs) And it's, like, five really, like, historically great coaches and kind of, like, their rules for life. Mm-hmm. And the coach of the Boston Celtics, Doc. Doc. Yeah, he yeah, was the first I episode, did. and he said the mantra that he coached his team by was Ubuntu. And that's the thing, that we live to bring out good in others. And you can't be threatened by someone else Whoa. being good because someone else being good makes you better. Yeah. Yeah. 
Amazing. Right? Isn't that so powerful? You should yeah. watch it. It was really good. I watched it today and I was like, oh, revolutionary. Revolutionary indeed. That's so cool. I have Netflix too. This is you awesome. You have to watch it. Oh awesome. my gosh, it's so good. Sick. Um, so, you said it was an African uh, Yeah, or African term. Yeah? yeah. Okay. Um, tell me about your month in Europe that just happened. Oh, that was really awesome. Yeah. Where'd you go? Um, I went to Norway for three weeks. I did a meet in Norway. Nice. And yeah. then I went to Finland for a week and then Italy. Yeah, it was kind of like a, I didn't, I went to trials this year and I had an okay meet, but I didn't mm -hmm. make the national team. Um, and then I didn't want to train at FSU the whole summer, obviously, because I wasn't going back and I was kind of ready to close out that chapter. And I also didn't want to come back here and train all summer because it's just hard without the pool here and stuff. And yeah, that's lame. Yeah. That's so I was like, thing. okay, like what are my, and again, this is a beautiful thing about swimming. I have all these amazing friends from different places, but mm -hmm. one of my best friends at school is on the Norwegian national team. She was like, why don't you come to Norway to train with me and my Hilarious. team? And I was like, why don't I come to Norway? So yeah, Amazing. right? So I went yeah. to Norway for three weeks and trained with her and her team, which was so awesome. Got to experience, you know, different coaching, different. Mm -hmm. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, then I raced at a meet there, and then I went to train with my friend in Finland for a week, who's on the Finnish national team. Sick. And then I took a little three-day vacation with another teammate in Italy, and then came home. Nice. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, that's the beauty of swimming. It's gotten, or it's allowed me to connect with people from everywhere, which is like really awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, indeed. Man, I think there's... Where in Italy you go? Milan. Milan, oh, nice. I never, like, stayed... You were there... Yeah, okay. Because I never stayed stayed in Milan. Like, we kind of drove past it. Mm -hmm. um, we did um, We did about six weeks of a road trip. So I flew through in... Through Italy? No, through, like... Europe. Europe. Cool. Yeah, it was nuts. It was absolutely insane. Like, it was just... My brain's tired just thinking of it. Like, we started in Amsterdam. I flew in Amsterdam. I took the train to Germany, and uh, my friend lived two hours north of uh, Frankfurt, in town of Hachenburg, Hachenburg, I'll figure it out, yeah. different time, yeah. and uh, my buddy picked me up, he drove from Paris, where he rented a car, he drove from Paris, uh, picked me up in, Frank in uh, the town, and then we went to Berlin, and then kind of did like this, up Croatia, down Italy, we went as, I think as south as uh, Bologna? And then went across up and then went straight up through like south from Barcelona we went across up through Andorra, a small little country there, and then through France to Belgium to the Netherlands and then back to Amsterdam. So cool. It. Yeah, it was absolutely Traveling insane. is like seeing different cultures is so awesome and important, I think. Yeah. I think uh, so at least one of my questions. So what I'm gonna what I'm doing is I try to do one like ridiculous trip in like every year right since graduating um i did italy for a week after in 2019 and in 2020 i did a two-week road trip across canada and this year or last year i did i can't remember what i did anyways i did like a couple camping trips but where would you recommend i go i think you should go to norway norway interesting Norway was like the most prosperous country I have ever seen. Yeah? Yeah. The people are so lovely and so nice, but I think just like, you know, electric cars everywhere because they don't tax electric Amazing. cars. Right. Yeah. And like, yes. so there's so, there's all these fjords which are on the ocean, right? Mm -hmm. All these like peaks that come in. Yeah. So Norwegian summer, gorgeous. Ocean and water and mountains everywhere. Like scenery like you've never seen before. Uh, I've seen videos. I'm like, yeah, oh, I gotta go. And they're just such a prosperous country. Like, mm -hmm. you know, healthcare is free. 
post-secondary school is free. Epic. So I didn't see a lot of homeless people, obviously, because there's so many opportunities. You know, Amazing. you can just go to school. Yeah. Yeah, and the people are so nice. The scenery was gorgeous. The food was really good. If you like seafood, you'd like Norway. I do like seafood. I love yeah. seafood, yeah. Other than Norway, I'd say Fiji. Fiji was really Fiji? cool. Yeah. Okay. The people there, like, have a different way of living. Like, very, oh, like, slow-paced and just, like, I love it. grateful. And, I think, like, yeah, I think it'd be good for me. Yeah. Yeah, everyone there is so nice and just, like, so welcoming. And, like, you, you meet someone and it's like, oh, you're family now, you know? Like, mm -hmm. so that's really cool. And, obviously, I like the ocean and stuff, so yeah. Fiji was cool. But, yeah, Norway nice. and Fiji, I would say. Okay. I'm trying to have, like, a handful of people for the next month or two give me suggestions. And then I'm going to make, like, Final my decision. Instagram followers decide. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that little, like, Risky. spice. Yeah. Bit of risk. Okay, I like it. But, Let me know what the... Yeah. Actually, I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote yeah, for I, I, I'll, yeah. <laughs> I'll put it on the list, too. Um... Because I have another friend of mine who's going to say the exact same thing. But, um, so yeah, as we kind of get to the end of this, do you have any, like, final, you already said amazing things, amazing quotes. Do you have any kind of final pieces of, like, wisdom or advice or tidbits that you want to, like, drop for myself, the audience, message you want to leave? I'm sure this won't be the last and only time we do this, but yeah, for now. I would say to inspire others, you first have to inspire yourself. And that comes from like being true to yourself but mm -hmm. like to be able to inspire other people or feel like you're doing something good for the world you have to find like what drives you in life and i'd say if like you're unhappy with what you're doing it's probably because you haven't found your passion but like Ooh. to be able to inspire others you got to inspire yourself first and really like follow your journey that like you feel good about yeah Amazing. i would say that's like the biggest piece i like that yeah. a lot where can uh, where can people find you? Where can people connect? Where can people reach out? You know, where can people follow me on the gram <laughs> at Nina <laughs> or look up Gator Sim Dive roster. I'll be on there this year. I'm so pumped for that. We're gonna have an unreal team this year. I actually cannot wait. Uh, amazing. So I'm super grateful you were able to sit down across me and chat with me today. I'm a big fan of your career as of what you've done, and I cannot wait to. Fingers crossed. I'm trying to get. To Paris for media, I want to see you swimming. I'll be the loudest person in the room. Okay, well if I make it, so, I'll get you a deck pass. I'll will, be like Swim Canada. This guy's covering it. Podcast. I will, I will get you. I'll I will be, get you a pass. I'll be forever grateful. I'm super grateful you were able to chat with me today. And yeah, yeah I really of course. Thank you time. for having me. This was so much fun. <laughs> no worries.